Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to talk about our favorite John Hughes movies. John Hughes was a staple of the 1980s and and produced so many amazing films directing and writing that the 1980s and the early 1990s would have not been the same without him. So we're going to dedicate an episode just to his films. Now, since he only directed eight films, it's kind of narrow. So what I tried to do here is my guests that, that I interviewed... They had to name one directing uh, John Hughes film, their favorite, and one uh, that he wrote because he wrote over 47 films. So we're going to do that. But for me, since I can do whatever I want on this show, and uh, I did a top 10 list which combined all of my favorites uh, that he wrote and directed. So let's start with that list now. All right, number 10 for my favorite John Hughes movies is Home Alone from 1990. Uh, John Hughes wrote the screenplay for this. Home Alone is like a live-action Looney Tunes cartoon. Really, there's no better way to put it. Uh, As a kid, I absolutely loved how Macaulay Culkin's character set up all these elaborate schemes and and traps for the wet bandits who were played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Uh, The 1980s, again, would have not been the same without John Hughes' talents. And, of course, my favorite scene was with the 1930s-style gangster parody movie made specifically for Home Alone called Angels with Filthy Souls, which was a direct takeoff from the James Cagney movie entitled Angels with Dirty Faces. Who is it? It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. All right, Johnny, but what about my money? What money? AC said you had some dough for me. That a fact. How much do I owe you? AC said 10%. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. What do you mean? He's upstairs taking a bath. He'll call you when he gets out. Hey, I tell you what I'm going to give you, Snakes. I'm going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. (laughs) Keep the change, you filthy animal. All right, number nine is Uncle Buck from 1989. Ironically, I saw Uncle Buck in the theater when it came out with, you guessed it, my uncle. Hey, Uncle Daryl, hope you're listening. Anyway, so this one was actually written and directed by John Hughes, so of course it's awesome. And John Candy plays Buck, a lovable but lackadaisical bachelor who is asked to take care of his brother's three kids. You can imagine the sort of scenarios that occur for someone who is not used to taking care of two preteens and one teenager. Macaulay Culkin and Gabby Hoffman are terrific as the preteen kids. Uh, Jean Louisa Kelly kind of nails the role of an angry teenager. And then, of course, Amy Madigan plays Buck's long-suffering girlfriend. Movies like this really never go out of style, and it's a super fun comedy to watch with anyone and at any time. And John Candy is so likable in this role, you almost wish they made a sequel. But sadly, John Candy died only five years after this film was released. Cover your ears. What? Just do it. Thank <laughs> you. 
call me. You ever hear of a tuna? <laughs> you ever hear of a ritual killing? <laughs> I don't get it. You know on her face in public like that again and you'll be one. <laughs> I can be. You could have taken his head off. Yeah, but what do you notice? Can we get something straight? The guy's a predator and you're his prey. Oh, really? You bet. And how do you know? When I was his age, I was the guy zooming the girls like you. Pretty face, big chip on your shoulder. I recommend that you stay out of my personal life. Do your parents stay out of your personal life? They don't know my personal life. Have they met Twiddledink? His name is Bug. First or last? First. What's his last name? Spray? <laughs> you should talk, Buck. All right, number eight is Pretty in Pink. So this was written by John Hughes, but directed by Howard Deutsch, who went on to direct other uh, films that uh, John Hughes wrote, and we'll get into a few of those later in the list. If I recall correctly, I believe Pretty in Pink was the first Brat Pack movie uh, that I, I remember seeing. I'm pretty sure my mom rented this first and then let me watch it. And the funny part is that even at a young age, I didn't really want Molly Ringwald to end up with Ducky, played by John Cryer. Ducky was likable, but a bit much. And even though Blaine was sort of vanilla, that the ending never really bothered me. Especially considering Ducky ended up with Christy Swanson at the end. Are you kidding? I, I'm taking Christy Swanson over Molly any day. And I'm sorry to all the Molly fans out there. Um, you know, Ducky actually probably should have ended up with Annie Potts, even though she was much older. But whatever. Uh, that's just me riffing on this. I and Of course, if you talk about Pretty in Pink, you cannot leave out the perennial 80s villain, James Spader, who is amazing as that upper-class douchebag known as Steph. Uh, nobody could have played this role any better than James Spader. You know, just lines like, that girl was, is, and always will be nada. I mean, he just, he, he is that role, and uh, it just wouldn't have been as good without him. I thought that was very uncool of you last night, Blaine. What? What? You mean Andy? Yeah, I mean Andy. What's the big deal? I like her. Matter of fact, I was pissed off at you guys for being so nasty to her. It was way out of order for you to foist her on the party. Steph, you hear yourself? You hear the same asshole shit I hear? What, do I have to spell it out for you, Blaine? I guess so. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know. As a matter of fact, everybody's just about to puke for me. You know, if you got a hard-on for trash, don't take care of it around those pal, right? Right, buddy. Listen, I don't need a lot of shit on this one, Blaine, all right? I really don't. Money, all that matters to you. Where, where the hell does that come from? Come on, look around you. Would I treat my parents' house like this if my money was any kind of issue? Well, why, why are you doing this, you know? Why don't you just nail her and get it over with? You know, why are you getting involved? Is there something wrong with that? I just think it's stupid, you know? It's pointless. Uh, and your parents, I think they'll be thrilled. They have nothing to do with it. Really? Yeah. I've seen your mother go to work on you, Blaine, you know? It's vicious. And when Bill and Joyce get through with you, you won't know whether shit to go sailing. Listen, I... 
I'm getting really bored of this conversation, all right, Blaine? You know, if you want your little piece of low-grade ass, fine, take it, you know. But if you do, you're not going to have a friend. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you want to make the choice, go ahead and make it, all right? I, I personally wouldn't trash a friendship over it, but, hey, I'm old-fashioned, so... Why don't you take a shower? You look like shit. All right, number seven is Weird Science from 1985. This is one that John Hughes both wrote and directed. Basically, it's a modern-day Bride of Frankenstein, but much funnier. And I love Bride of Frankenstein, by the way. You even get to see a young Robert Downey Jr., gap tooth and all, and Bill Paxton plays the perfect asshole brother as Chet. I loved all the crazy situations that Lisa, played by Kelly O'Brock, gets the boys into, including going to a sleazy bar, throwing a crazy house party, and, intru- and introducing herself to Gary's uh, parents. Gary is Anthony Michael Hall. Of course, her famous line of chips, dips, chains, whips, you know, your basic high school orgy type of thing. Again, I don't do it justice, but it's a classic scene. This is a great movie that really never goes out of style. The soiree over at his friend Wyatt's house. Soiree what? Soiree, honey, I think that means um, party. Party. You know, there's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains, whips. You know, your basic high school orgy type of thing. I mean, uh, I'm not talking candle wax on the nipples or witchcraft or anything like that. No, 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 no. Just a couple of hundred kids running around in their underwear, acting like complete animals. All right, number six for me is The Breakfast Club from 1985. That's not a bad year for John Hughes because he had both The Breakfast Club and Weird Science come out in the same year. Some would probably put this as number one. I'm putting it at number six because I'm combining both the movies he wrote. Um, but again, he wrote and directed this film. But again, it it's so tough. He John Hughes had so many great movies. It's really tough to narrow <laughs> narrow these down. So yeah, you're gonna. Some are gonna disagree with that, and that's totally okay. That's the fun part about this show is you can debate. There's no right or wrong answers. It's all opinion here. But the Breakfast Club is definitely one of the most iconic movies to come out of the '80s, and the reason it still resonates with people today is there are certain things about being a teenager that is timeless, and the Breakfast Club features all of these timeless qualities. As Anthony Michael Hall's character so perfectly put in the paper delivered to the assistant principal at the end of their Saturday detention, every school has a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. The Breakfast Club is yet another amazing John Hughes movie. All of the stars in this film became 80s icons. Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, Anthony Michael Hall, Emilio Estevez, and Ali Sheedy. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Paul Gleason, who is brilliant as the assistant principal, Vernon. A naked blonde walks into a bar with a poodle under one arm and a two-foot salami under the other. She lays the poodle on the table. Bartender says, I suppose you won't be needing a drink. Naked lady says, Oh, shit! Jeez! Christ almighty! Forgot my pencil. God damn it! What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Oh. What is this? 
What is that? What? What is that? What is that noise? What noise? Really, sir, there wasn't any noise. <laughs> that noise? Was that the noise that you're talking about? No, it wasn't. That was not the noise I was talking about. Now, I may not have caught you in the act this time, but you can bet I will. <coughs> you make book on that, Missy. And you, I will not be made a fool of. Accident. You're an asshole. Sue me. Number five for my favorite John Hughes movies is Sixteen Candles from 1984, and this is John Hughes's directorial debut. Sixteen Candles is one of those movies that every teenager loves because it's got everything. The awkwardness of being a teenager, absurd scenarios that only teens can appreciate, and of course having a crush on someone hoping they feel the same way. While Molly Ringwald is the star of the film, and, and she's great in her role, it's really Farmer Ted, played by Anthony Michael Hall, that makes this movie so great. Hall nails the obnoxious geek role, and, and it and does it so convincingly that you can't help but love the kid. The other awesome character is Getty Watanabe as Long Duck Dong. Every time he delivers a line, it is just comedy gold. I spent years trying to style my hair so it looked like Jake Ryan. I probably still am, but, you know, I don't have any shame in admitting it. That is a nice set of well it's not set how do you have a set of hair what the hell am i talking about anyway that's a nice head of hair there you go should i cut any of this out nah just go with it it's 16 candles it's a great movie what the what's he doing on the ground there what's happening what's happening oh, a mirror in front of his mouth howard he's dead oh shit i paid seven grand for a wedding i'll never see it oh watch your language mr dirty mouth Oh, thank oh. God he is still warm. Oh, good. Here, 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 Canine cologne. Oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. The donga need food. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, he's, he's three sheets to the wind. <laughs> he's drunk as a scum. Oh, why don't you shut up, Fred? Shut up, dude. Dong. Dong. Dong, Grandpa is talking to you. <laughs> Dong, where is my automobile? Automobile? Mm. <laughs> Lake. <laughs> Big Lake. <laughs> Why, you little Wow! Alright, number four is Some Kind of Wonderful from 1987. So this was written by John Hughes and, like Pretty in Pink, directed by Howard Deutsch. As the story goes, John Hughes basically wrote this film to appease the people that were upset by the ending of Pretty in Pink. Of course, Ducky doesn't end up with Molly Ringwald, so they kind of do the opposite in Some Kind of Wonderful. In many ways, regardless of the ending of Some Kind of Wonderful, in many ways, Some Kind of Wonderful is a better movie. It just doesn't get as much love for some re some reason. And I'm not really sure why. I think the soundtrack's amazing. I think the characters are great. It just, it's, it's a really good film. Um, yeah, and again, the story isn't 
anything new. It's, you know, it kind of goes like boy likes popular girl, popular girl can't be bothered, non-popular girl really likes the boy, but the boy only, only thinks of her as a buddy. Anyway, Mary Stuart Masterson is so great as the tomboy friend of Eric Stoltz, and as much as I like Leia Thompson, I don't think her character really offered that much. You know, she's very attractive, but I had more of a thing for Masterson. It must be because she played drums in the movie. And of course, where were all those pixie cut girls that played drums when I went to school? That would have been amazing. Anyway, if you've seen Pretty in Pink but haven't bothered to see Some Kind of Wonderful, I really recommend you check out Some Kind of Wonderful. Hey, what, where, where, don't you have any books? Oh. No, not on me. I forgot them. Never, you never study. You must be getting heat from the old man of ecology again. That's all I think's about. Yeah, well... In comparative terms, it's probably better to have an old man nagging you about your future than no old man not nagging you about nothing. He's not too great at home, huh? Hey, it don't matter as long as you stand by me. I'm covered. What would I be without you? Well, seeing as I drive you to school every morning, you'd probably be at home asleep in bed. Do you mind? Very much so. I think it's hip you paint. He's hit by drum. Hip. It's perfect that we're friends. All right, number three from 1983 is Mr. Mom. Now, John Hughes wrote this film, and he also wrote the number one film that I'm going to have later, both in the same year. I watched this movie over and over, over again on VHS as a kid, and I absolutely loved it. Michael Keaton plays a naturally likable, recently unemployed stay-at-home dad. Terry Garr plays a perfect working mom, and Martin Mull is terrific as the sexist, skirt-chasing boss. Almost a lot like Franklin Hart, played by Dabney Coleman in 9 to 5. Also of note, um, this was probably like, I think John Hughes' third or fourth screenplay at the time. I'd have to go back and look. But there are so many great scenes with Michael Keaton, like him attempting to grocery shop for the first time, his his disastrous attempt to drop off his kids off at school, like when the mom's yelling him, South to drop off, moron! And him trying to oppress his wife's boss while revving a chainsaw in the house. It's just, it's so good. It's typical Michael Keaton. And if you haven't seen this one in a while, I recommend you go check it out. It's really a lot of 80s fun. Past what? We're right on time. But Dad, you're doing it wrong. Mommy doesn't do it like this. We're gonna do it the Jack Butler method. What is this? This is nuts. Why are they all honking? Because you're doing it wrong. Tell me I'm doing it wrong. I know how to do this. Hi, Jack. I'm Annette. Hi. You're doing it wrong. See? This is what I tell all my new mommies. We enter from the south and we exit from the north. And then we do just the reverse when we pick up. Swear, little ones don't have to walk between the cars to get to the learning facility. Okay, moving up. And remember, south to drop Stop off, up. north to pick Take up. Take them up. Okay, it's a good system. <laughs> Hey, Kenny, where are the eggs? Oh, there they are. Ah. I have the right of way. Right. 
Sorry. Here. Settle out of court. <laughs> oh, weirdo. Now the half a pound of uh, ham. Boiled, baked, smoked, salt cured, sugar cured, prosciutto or Westphalian. All right, forget it. Just tell you what, just give me, uh, give me a half pound of salami. Italian, kosher, hard pork, beef, cotto or what? Uh, just get bologna, mister. I'll tell you what, just give me, give me a quarter pound of cheese. American, blue, cream, cottage, gouda, edam, provolone, romano, swiss. You have your entire cheddar family. Can you run the uh, hams oh, back one more yeah. time? Just, oh, I just oh, want to... Oh, oh, yeah. Half pound of salami, half pound of swiss, half pound of Virginia ham, two celery. Oh, I think these are on special. Doesn't matter. Sorry. Let me check. Remember these Kotex maxi pads on special? Never mind, Derek. Sorry, forget it. Kotex, 19 cent call. Thanks, Hi, right, Ken. My baby. Who are you? Steven. Mom! Kenny! Mom! Ken! Mom! Here, eat the spaghetti. Ah, uh, spaghetti on aisle nine! Spaghetti! Spaghetti aisle nine, check. Kenny! Hey, I'll trade you my kid for yours. Thank you. Do you see my little girl? Yeah, she's adorable. She's lost. You left a child in the shopping cart? Herb, one lost child. Lost child alert. All right, number two is Ferris Bueller's Day Off from 1986. Now, I've already professed my love of this movie. Uh, whenever I was home sick from school, this always seemed to be one of my go-to movies to watch. Uh, during the famous parade scene when Matthew Broderick was limp-syncing Twist and Shout, I remember asking my dad, I must have been seven or eight at the time, if it was really Matthew Broderick singing. And my dad replied something like, uh, no, I think that's some little-known band from England called The Beatles. Thanks a lot, Dad. He did make a point of telling me that the Isley Brothers were the first to have a hit with that song. I'm pretty sure he liked that version better. Anyway, as a kid, Ferris seemed like a blast, and he was fun to watch. But personally, I always laughed hardest at the scenes with Principal Ed Rooney, played by Jeffrey Jones, and, of course, Ferris's sister, Jean, or Shauna, played by Jennifer Grey. There's so many great lines between that uh, in that movie. Um, yeah, and then, of course, you get Charlie Sheen at the end, who was playing basically a strung-out drug addict, which, as we found out later, wasn't too far off. It wasn't much of a reach for old Charlie, who is still continuing to be winning. Anyway, this is a classic. This is the best directed film, in my opinion, for John Hughes. This is my ninth sick day this semester. It's getting pretty tough coming up with new illnesses. If I go for ten, I'm probably going to have to barf up a lung. So I better make this one count. The key to faking out the parents is the clammy hands. It's a good non-specific symptom. I'm a big believer in it. A lot of people will tell you that a good phony fever is a deadlock. But uh, you get a nervous mother, you could wind up in a doctor's office. That's worse than school. You fake a stomach cramp, and when you're bent over, moaning and wailing, 
you lick your palms. It's a little childish and stupid, but then so is high school. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. So my number one pick for favorite John Hughes movie, either written or directed by him, is National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. Now, this was originally a short story written by John Hughes called Vacation 58. I don't know how many things came from that in his vacation, but I'm sure there are a lot of uh, memories he had that he added to this film. There are so many great scenes in the original Vacation that I can't possibly name them all, but this is the comedy that seemed to be on a constant loop on our family VCR, along with the Blues Brothers and Airplane. And so while I do enjoy the sequels that came out after the original Vacation, the 1983 uh, original is by far the best one, the best one all around. And they really should have brought back Christy Brinkley into every sequel in, in some way. It's interesting because Chevy Chase's character, you know, Clark Griswold, almost devolved into almost a full-blown buffoon by uh, Vegas Vacation, which is eerily similar of how Homer Simpson's character kind of devolved into... Um, you know, he was, he was never smart, but he was almost just more mean and then just became like a lovable dope to what he, you know, currently is now, but I'm probably over analyzing. Anyway, this was really fun to talk about all these great John Hughes movies. They are part of the eighties, part of the early nineties. If you missed any of these, you need to go back and watch them because they're all amazing. And I do have some, um, honorable mentions at the end of all the interviews and I'll get to those a little bit later, but now on to the interviews. I don't want to be in the car anymore. I want to go home. I don't want to go to Wally World. Clark, under the circumstances, I wouldn't mind if we just went home. In retrospect, it seems like a pretty bad idea driving out. It's been one disaster after another. Yeah, it's been a real drag, Dad. Maybe we can try it some other time. Wally World's overrated anyway. What do you think? I think you're all fucked in the head. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. Well, I'll tell you something. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. <laughs> i got to be crazy. I'm on a pilgrimage to see a moose. Praise Marty Moose. Holy shit. Dad, you want to ask for something? Don't touch. Sarah is back. We're always actually the best stuff we do is usually off air. I know. We're like try, I'm trying to like yeah. keep a straight face. Where it's like, okay, you gonna put, are you gonna say go? Okay, go. Okay, wait. <laughs> actually, I shouldn't do it. Sometimes I'll just leave it running. We'll yeah, see what I that, can get. that would be great. Don't tell me, and I'll just be a mess. So for this week's episode, we're gonna talk about our favorite John Hughes movies, and this can go mm. multiple ways because he only directed eight films. So we can talk about those, but we can also talk about the ones he wrote the screenplays to. Do you think all of the stuff he wrote was like based on his life? A lot of it was. So, like, his whole Shermer, Illinois, which was a, where a lot of his, you know, like, Chicago. Right, right, right. Know, Shermer was a fictional town, but he kind of had, and I talked with Kevin Smoker, the um, the author of the 80 Brock Pack America. Right, right. And he kind of sees how, he talks about how the people in Weird Science could actually be connected to the people in Ferris Bueller, who could be connected with 16 Candles. They kind of, you Is there it's any not one obvious, actor who, who maybe played in several of them, even well, as an extra? Uh, Michael Anthony Hall. So he played okay, he was um, in Farmer Star- Ted, and then... Uh, Can I borrow your underpants for like 15 minutes? Yes. <laughs> and then he played uh, the uh, dorky guy Brian in Breakfast Club. 
Yeah, and you then have you, all the basic food groups here, Brian. This is oh a very God, well balanced lunch. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Wait, but he was also in. Um. Anyway. Okay. He was in Johnny Be Good, but I don't think he. Uh, you know what tripped me out is yeah. he was in um that fox catcher or whatever. He was, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you put on about 30 pounds, yeah. and I didn't even recognize half. I didn't recognize uh, what's the main character, J- um, Jim, whatever. He also played uh, Bill Gates in a Bill he Gates um, biography. I guess he's not doing so bad. Where's yeah. Molly? Molly is doing... I she married doing, some French guy and is yes, like, Yes, oh, she's doing a lot of Broadway. Boring. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay so... I'm going to do one that he wrote, okay. and then one he directed. One he directed, okay. because <clears throat> there's a lot. I know you're a big fan of the of the big, John, is it John Candy, the fat guy? Who's all the Very much so, yeah. I have a hard time with that guy. Really? I don't know why. No offense, but I, oh. something about him is like, it's like, I didn't mind Chris Farley as much. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell needs to go. Yeah. Jump off a cliff. But anyway. John Candy was a little bit more subtle than... Yeah, he wasn't as obnoxious, right? Right. So I'd say... Um, Chris Farley is more the Belushi type. Right, you know, right. Over the but top. yeah, I couldn't ever get into the Uncle Bob. I mean, I watched it, don't get me wrong. Sure. So my favorite that he wrote was uh-huh. Some Kind of Wonderful. Yeah. Hands down, easy. Like I was saying, the soundtrack, I have it. People are probably like, what is this? Yeah. They're like, what is this song? Like, whatever. Those were those soundtracks are pretty great, actually. They have these obscure songs that nobody really would remember. And if anybody does, you better marry them. You're your soulmate. Like, well, <laughs> a cool part about that is so he... Like, they picked a Rolling Stones song that wasn't, like, a big hit. It was Miss Amanda Jones, which was the name right. of the... Right, right. Uh, That's Leah right. Thompson I remember character. that. Yeah. You know, the, the one of the things... My favorite things about that movie, and, and certain other movies, is when... And the guy who plays the bully. He's oh, such he's a dick. He's yeah. so good at that. Um, I love when, like, at the end there's that retribution when somebody gets payback. I think in, yeah. in like, Weird Science, they get it too, right? Yeah, Obviously when, Chet. Right? Oh, my God. Or when those bikers come and, like, scare yes. the shit up. But, um, the guy from uh, Hills Have Eyes. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right? So in Some Kind of Wonderful, my one of my favorite scenes is when they are at the party mm-hmm. and that doofus guy is like, take him outside and, you know, kick his ass. Yeah. And and Eric Stoltz is like, why don't you take me outside? He's yeah. like, what? He's like, oh, see, I have I am a... I'm a host. I had friends here. He's a big pussy. Yes. He's like, take him outside. And then that guy walks in. Um, the bald guy. Who yes, who actually head. was yeah. in a couple. He was in um, Gattaca. Yeah. I remember being like, ooh, he's been in a couple other movies too. I liked him. And uh, what was his name? Duncan? Yes. Right? Good, good memory. Yes. And uh, he walks in and then with these guys and he's like, I don't think that's going to be necessary. Yeah. And you see the guy, like all the color drops from his face. And I'm like, yes. Like scares the crap out of him. He's and such he, a, a good, uh, such a good character because it's like. His every, presence is like, you yeah, know. Yeah, and how they met in detention. Right. And there's no way him and, and Eric Stoltz should be friends. Right, you know, right. Yeah. But it's all about like, you know what, I like loyalty and I have your back. And when, yeah. when Eric's got his sketch pad. Yeah, exactly. And then what's his name? Pulls the desktop <laughs> off. He's like, oh, it's not bad. Right. Yeah. And the best. Best part is is that uh, what's her name's um, friend, the main who is Amanda Jones, the, uh, Leah Thompson. Name? Leah Thompson, uh-huh. I know. Who would have thought she was so cute back then? Her <laughs> best friend Shane, who's a total yes, biatch. Mm-hmm. She all of a sudden's making googly eyes at one of the bikers at the end. That's and I'm right. Like, yeah, you know you want that, you know, Chris. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just loved. I loved the whole. Um, you know, the little sister. Like, you know that they would. She's like, this can't be true. Like. I heard a vicious rumor today that Eric, that, what was his name in it? Keith? Keith. Keith, yes. You know, asked out 
the most popular girl in school. Like, yeah. there must be something psychologically wrong with her when she's willing to date the human tater tot. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's Candace Cameron, right? The little sister. Yeah, she's, she's like, please, I'm yeah. eating. Yeah. Like, oh. Well, and the dad is Taggart from Beverly Hills Cop. Right. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was one of my, again, for the soundtrack. And then just, I love uh, Watts. Yeah, she that's just, uh, Mary Stewart me, Master. Where she has to, like, make herself look normal and she's all, you know, dressing up and, you know, driving them around like Miss Daisy. What else was the, the middle sister in? I'm looking her up. Her name she is has Maddie been, Corman. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's like that random girl. She was in uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. With, and, and, oh, yeah. Uh, Seen Andrew that a couple Eisenberg. times. Not. Mickey Blue Eyes. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't done much. But. She's probably done, like, l weird TV shows. Did you know China Phillips was uh, in the movie from Wilson Phillips? I mean, she might have played one of the friends. Really? No. Yeah. Did she play Shane? No, Shane is Molly Hagan. She was a bitch. Who... I've seen her in other things, too. Interesting. So. I never would have... Really? Yeah. Wow. She played Mia. I don't know who Mia is, but... I don't even know. That's Interesting. Good. Yeah. I love... Um, yeah, I just love... I love the underdog movies. Oh, yeah. They're great. Where they, you know... This, this was definitely but one they, of my I'm trying to ones. think of... They read... You know, they redo movies all the time. Like... With the same premise of the John Hughes movies, have they done? No, because like, I just think they're too iconic. They did remake Vacation, but then called it. It's almost well, like no, a but I mean the plot. Like yeah. they did. Um, I think they did. Like she's all that. It's like where they take the geeky girl and they kind oh, of redo sure. her, which is had, almost like Can't Buy Me Right, love. right, yeah. right, right, yeah. exactly. Um, but I feel like they kind of take the same formula and, have, but but I probably should look into that because I'm wondering if they've done like. A six, uh, breakfast club. Yeah. Which, you know, where they have all these, you know, different dynamics. But they maybe probably, they yeah. don't focus on that as much as, because it, maybe it's not a big deal now. Because with this, all these little millennials, like, they don't have their, okay, you're a band geek. You're right. popular. Everyone's you're a jock. Their, like, nobody cares. On their technology like, now. Yeah. So yeah. Everybody's yeah. like, we're all geeks. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, that's the thing. There is, yeah, geek is not a derogatory term anymore. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, cool. chicks are like, on, I, I'm going to find a really cute geek yeah. who can fix my computer and like can rock the skinny jeans like nobody's business. Right. Like that's way back when, not my happening. god. Oh well, you did peg your jeans. I I did back in fifth grade. With, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like um, if you were really that's coming back. Have you seen people doing? No. That? Yes, I've seen people do this. Well, I saw some friggin' denim overalls, <laughs> and I was like, I literally screamed out loud. People looked at me. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, what are these? Did somebody shoplift and then leave their clothes or outfit? Like this can't be right, right? And it's acid wash. But it, what's funny is, like, to see these 20-somethings rocking it, they're like, I look good, I'm all... It wasn't you have good no to, idea. Yeah, it wasn't good it was 30 years so ago. It was so not right. It's yeah. just, I guess that's what our parents thought when we were wearing The today. yoga pants have kind of, like, that just... That was a big in kind of the 80s, or the right. spandex. And well, yeah, was, the yeah. spandex, yeah. yeah. But now the yoga pants are different. They're, like, yeah. wide and, right. like, hippie and mm -hmm. whatever. But, no, the stirrups at the, the bottom, yeah. they had that. I'm like, I remember are that, you yeah. going horseback riding? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> the fuck is that? I'm like, I don't get it. So, okay, so I got to go to my next one. Yeah, so Sorry. now for directing. Directing, it's hard. It's limited. It was hard. So, yeah. So, it was hard because I'm kind of trying to figure out which ones, which ones. Um, and I think I, it was kind of between Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, and 16 Candles. Yeah. But I'm going to go with 16 Candles just because okay. I'm thinking of, it had some of the best, you know, most memorable one-liners. Yeah. Because Long Duck Dong. Oh, he's made that shit. Great. You know, yeah. and just the grandparents and seeing just how, like, oh my God, had just, yeah. just such a mess. And I her boobies are in. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking too, like, she dressed really cool. It was yeah. like not too over the top. 
her freaking snotty sister who like takes oh, too much yeah. Valium and uh-huh. is all freaking stumbling down that yeah. And everybody, and, and the guy she was marrying, who was he was like the, he was the a stereotypical Harry He was a Jersey Gino. Yeah. Yeah. Italian guy. And he's in a lot of movies. He's also in Easy Money. Right. He's yeah. like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But the best part the thing about Sixteen Candles besides like, you know, the best one Anthony Michael Hall too. Like that was oh. He was in... Oh, okay, so I'm going and back. And so was... What's his name? Um, from Say Anything, he was in that. It was his buddy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, John Cusack, he was in that. Yeah. They're like... Everybody goes, I need to borrow your car or whatever. And they come to the to the window with like these crazy headphones on. Yeah. And they're what? They're all... He's like, it's better. He's like, what? They're alien? They're yeah. like, female alien or whatever? <laughs> she's got... How can you tell she's female? She's got four tits. <laughs> they were like, oh, Jesus. But and Joan gonna... Cusack was in it, too. Which she had oh, the, she had the oh neck God. brace. And right. Then, yeah. She is awesome. How did they get movies together? They weren't... Know. Didn't they have Gross Point Blank together? No, yeah. they had High Fidelity together. Yes. She was in that, too. But... Going back to the guy who... The um, guy she was marrying. Uh, the sister The, the Harry Bohunk? That was the janitor in Breakfast Club. Oh, it was yeah. Carl. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did I know that? Yeah. So that's right. Because Carl is like, that's right. And he kind of gives, uh, what's his name, some shit. That, yeah, that, uh, Bender. Oh, my or, God. Yeah. That dude. He was annoying. But, um, yeah. yeah, so, but everybody knows Jake Ryan. Oh, of course. Everybody knows. All, and that guy, I mean, I don't know where he is. I saw him do, like, he did Mermaid's. When Lindley was on this podcast, we looked him up because everyone loved Jake Ryan. Right, Everybody. that was like every he ended. Up, he makes furniture now, like really high end furniture. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like acting. Channing yeah. Tatum and friggin' Magic Mike or Ch- T- Tatum yeah. Channing, whatever. I forget which order that goes. But the only other movie I, I remember him in is Vision Quest, like in the Mohawk. Oh and no! He, well, he was in Mermaids. Uh, and Mermaids, yes. Yeah. yeah. He bones Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a, and he's kind of a weirdo. But yeah. the thing about. Um, Vision, I said Vision Quest, right? Yeah, you said okay, Vision yeah, yeah, Quest. Yeah, yeah. I remember the one thing that I loved is there's a scene where they're passing notes. Yeah. And they're like asking questions. And I remember the pen that they use. And I had to have those pens. Really? Because it was like, just the way that it wrote. It was like, oh my God. I have Nobody, I hear, speaking of millennials, does anybody pass notes anymore? Well, you no. You text each other. Right, yeah. right. I know, God. That was, yeah. well, you know, it was so funny. Yeah, I remember we used to fold them all funny. Yeah. And we're like, don't show anyone. Yeah. And blah. Yeah, that would be great. We should we should or mash. Perform, we yeah. should perform a test on millennials, <laughs> like a basic like you know where they're sitting there like and like hand them certain objects, yeah. and watch them be like, my mind what? is blown. <laughs> Get them a rotary phone and watch yeah. them be like, <laughs> what is this? Or like a, a yellow rock man? Well, actually, they may be able to figure out the the rotary because it's almost like swiping. Because, you know... Right, but they're going to be all, what is this? We're like, that's how we got concert tickets. That's how we won concert tickets, baby. (laughs) But it's like so heavy. Or like a Walkman. I did watch... My friend's kids had this... A yellow Walkman we found in her Mm -hmm. grandma's garage. And they were like pushing the button. They're like, it bounces back because it's not a touch thing. (laughs) And they're like, wait. And it would play in the little headphones. And they're, they're like, wait... Well, how do you how do you go back to the other song? And we're like, hold on, open it up, fast forward <laughs> the other side. They're like, what are you doing? We're like, it's a high tech. Yeah, I know this is high tech shit. <laughs> Dude, we should totally do that. Yes, we'll we're just gonna, get all the. Let's do that. But I would feel bad for the kids that were basically making fun of. I know, but uh, that's what they make. That would be funny. We're gonna get phone, we're yeah. gonna get like a, I'm gonna get a, a total news at eleven big old video yeah. camera on a tripod. I'm gonna go. Remember V Masters? Oh, my gosh. The oh, they wouldn't. I know. I'm going to give them a little Simon Says and see yeah. if they know that. All right. I'm going to work on that. All right. Cool. Listen, good job. All right. <laughs>
Okay, we're back, and we have a first-time person on the podcast, and it's Janice. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Be gentle with me. I will. I okay. will. So, again, you're, you're a friend of Sarah, and Sarah is always shot out of a cannon. So, we met at the salon that Sarah works at, and you fit right into our conversation. So. I- and when it comes to movies, especially 80s movies, mm-hmm. I you can never get me to stop talking about them. And she's them, wearing so. a new Kids on the Block hat, which I is am. amazing. I felt like it was the right time, and these mm-hmm. people would appreciate my hat, my Absolutely. little trucker hat. Yes. Okay, so we're going to talk about something near and dear to your heart, which is 80s movies, and specifically John Hughes movies. Uh, so what are your favorite John Hughes movies? Uh, without a doubt, 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will even admit that that might be my favorite movie of all time. Okay. I can say that entire movie from beginning to end and uh if it's on tv i will watch it before i watch anything else so where do you remember the first time you saw it was it in a theater or was it on video or cable uh it had to be on cable i mean i think okay. that movie came out in what 84 84 so mm-hmm. i was six okay yeah so yeah mm-hmm. uh, it was at home somewhere i mean yeah. i to this day it actually surprises me when i catch some of the jokes because i obviously did not understand them at six years of That's age right. but uh yeah and the fact that my parents let me see that movie <laughs> yeah and you know i we get away with more at growing up. I think now, like, the millennials don't, don't get away as much as, as we did. Yeah, right I now. hear my friends with their young kids talking like, oh, my God, I would never let my kid watch right. that. And I'm like, um, I went to see Top Gun with my dad in yeah, a movie theater. So okay? That's yeah. inappropriate. Yes. Yeah, but everything went back then. Well, there's a famous story I've told on this podcast about my Top Gun experience. And I went with my mom and my dad. I was probably eight. And uh, the, the whole love-making scene between Kelly right, McGillis and, right. and Tom Cruise. And my, I, my dad turned to my mom and said, we didn't see this one coming. <laughs> and uh, so that, I had no idea what was going on. Right? It was just, you know, two people making out. So, uh, But yeah, that's and that was rated PG. Yeah, so, yeah. that was shocking. Yeah, and the first time I ever saw a tongue either. I was like, oh yeah, that was kind of gross though. I actually was grossed out a little bit by the tongue. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to Sissy and Candles. You, of course, I'm sure were in love with Jake Ryan. Of course. Yeah. I think that's actually why, to this day, I still prefer guys with dark hair. <laughs> it, it dates back all the way to Jake Ryan. to Jake Ryan. Yes. Now, did you see Vision Quest? I did. I never made the connection, though, until years later that it was the, the same guy. guy. Yeah, the Mohawk guy. Because, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like him. He's, it, he's what, 20, 30 pounds oh, heavier? Yeah. And the Mohawk, yeah, no. I think I was actually in my 20s before I realized it was the same guy. It was guy. the same guy. Yeah. He now is he no longer acting. He makes uh, really high-quality furniture, yeah, we found out. Yeah, and he's chunky. He's chunky. It's kind of oh, sad. It happens to all of us. I know, you know? but it's sad. You kind of hope, you know, Tom Cruise managed to stay looking really good. <laughs> Why can't Tom the rest Cruise. of them? Yes, not everyone can be like I Tom know. Cruise. Um, okay, so Sixteen Candles definitely one of your, your favorite. Yes. Are there any other John Hughes movies that are uh, top? I mean, anything Rat Pack. So mm-hmm. you know, Breakfast Club. Uh, uh, what else is there? Give me, help me out here. Well, he did Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. Ferris Bueller, but yeah. weird, weird science. Weird science. Weird definitely. science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a crush on not uh, not the blonde one, but the dark and again dark yeah. haired. The yeah, dark haired one. Yeah, he really like, did do much after he that. He did it. I don't remember what his up. name is, but name he was, is again, another dark-haired guy. I always seem to go for the dark-haired guys. <laughs> so weird. So. Did you like Matthew Broderick? I didn't. Okay. But he's dark-haired. I know, but I, I he was slightly, and which is, I'm going to say he's slightly geeky, but so is the guy who worked science. That's true. There's something about him. Just No, never found him attractive whatsoever. Ian Mitchell Smith. Yes. That's Wyatt. Yes. I don't know if he did anything I don't that. think so either. Even though Bill Pullman, no, Bill pa- Paxton? Pa- Paxton, Paxton, yes. She just passed away. Which was very sad to yeah. hear. Chet. Yes, Chet. Chet. She's back. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't, Wyatt wasn't in much after no. that. 
It's pretty much. I was saying weird I had science. a thing for Wyatt and weird science. She likes dark haired guys oh, like yeah, Jake Ryan. He was kind of cute. He was. He didn't, didn't do anything. No. no. It's kind of like sad. the guys in Bosom Buddies. Oh, uh, Peter. Peter Scalari. Yeah. Wait, well, he just in... did a, TV, a, dish, a show called Girls on HBO. Yeah. He's at a commercial right now too. I just saw him the other day on a commercial on TV. Can't tell you what it was for He's though. A little odd. He's a little odd. I stopped hanging out with him anyway. <laughs> okay, and then. Writing-wise, you brought up, you just saw Career Opportunities, which I, did. I don't comes think a lot on, of people have seen. So. It comes on TV every once in a while, and especially yeah. on, on, like, regular cable, you know, like, so it's not yeah. edited with, but yeah, it's it's such a bad movie, and I'm sure <laughs> so, if I saw it. So bad it, it's good, right? It's yeah. so bad it's good, but yeah. it's also one of those things that, I don't know about you, but as I grow older, mm-hmm. there's movies that I see today that I'm like, this is complete crap, and I hate it, but I know yeah. if I had seen it when I was a kid, you I would have loved, loved it. it. Yep. And same with those movies, like Caddyshack. I saw Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. For the first time, maybe five years ago, really, I thought it was horrible. Oh I was my just god! Like, what is wrong with people that love this movie? I'm like, maybe if I'd seen it when I was ten, mm-hmm. I would love it like everybody else does. But uh, I think it's complete crap. We're like, gonna do a subject where movies that you loved as a kid that doesn't that don't hold up as well now. Yeah, and so that it'll be interesting to hear what what people have to say well, on that one. Even too. Career Opportunities is one of those, and that is not a good movie. The premise is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he they get locked in a Target, right? Yeah, he, yeah. well, because he works. He's the night. Right. He's the night guy. But then she. Lock, gets locked in there. Right, right on purpose. Yeah, yeah, but like they didn't check the re- the the dressing room. So yeah, fine. That's never gonna and happen. She's a rich girl, right? Like, yes. she's, yeah, she's like the rich rebel girl right. of the town, and he's the town liar. Yeah, yeah, and they end together. Yeah, that's believable. Seems like a perfectly plausible eighties, yeah. late eighties uh, plot and everything. Right, yeah. exactly. So, well, anyway, great job, great debut on the podcast. Thank you. We'll hope to have you that on many fun. more episodes. Okay, so we're back with Samantha. Welcome back. Thank you. So this week we're going to talk about our favorite 80s movie director and writer, and that's John Hughes. And uh, as a caveat, I made sure everyone had to pick one of their favorite uh, directing movies from him and then favorite uh, movies that he wrote. So, yes, I put rules in here. I mean, anyone hates rules, but sometimes you have to do it. So I'm curious. I like rules. Oh, good. Like That's why I have you on every week. <laughs> Follow the rules. <laughs> you do, actually. I always appreciate it. So, okay. So, first, let's talk about your favorite uh, movie that John Hughes directed. Directed. So, he directed far fewer than he wrote. Yes, I definitely. realized. Because mm-hmm. um, I've only ever really associated him with the big, like, Brat Pack sure. movies. And I watched all those kind of when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um and I think my I think just my general favorite it's the classic Breakfast sure. Club. I think that was the one that always stuck with uh-huh. me and resonated the most. I always liked how all the different kids were brought together mm-hmm. in the one room, and yeah. there's really they're not they can't really go much else. It's one well, there's a name for that when a uh, something's filmed entirely in one place. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Thought about this ahead of time, I could have looked it up, but yeah, I always like that. I like the different characters and how they, they interact. Um, mm-hmm. And then I like always like Molly Ringwald. She's just yeah, she's really the cute perennial in that 80s. movie. Yeah, when yeah, it's and kind I, of, it would be your typical almost Hitchcock type movie because he likes the single location. Yeah. so I think that would have been perfect for him because yeah. really besides that one room, I mean, the, Judd Nelson's character gets in the rafters mm-hmm. and ends up. Oh, uh, yeah, and then they the kind closet. of, like, run around a bit yeah, in the yeah. hall, and they're trying to, you know, mess with the, right. the teacher guy. Yes. See the principal? He's the vice, the principal, vice principal, I think, yeah. Uh, Cre- creepy dude. Vernon, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, I just love that movie. And it's there's just those moments where it does seem stuck in the eighties. But is, then yeah. watching it, I think I watched it when I was a teenager, yeah. and I was like, this is still kind of similar. I went yeah. to a public high school mm-hmm. in California, mm-hmm. and it's you do have those cliques still, and like you don't really talk with the certain people. No. And it was just, I think it's a great classic teen movie um i think it would be interesting today because if it was the breakfast club they would have to take away everyone's phone because then they wouldn't relate to each other they wouldn't even talk Mm -hmm. they would either text each other or not talk at all like yeah in detention i wonder what they do i would hope they take their phone away put the phones in a bathroom yeah pretty much like i don't know what the rules are now in school i'd be i'm almost curious to talk to a teenager today yeah Um, because i know like, I have cousins, and my brother was in high school a few years ago, okay. and they're much more lenient about cell phones than when I was in. Well, this is a total tangent now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they can still, pl- they can, like, have them out in class, depending on That's the teacher, insane. and I'm yeah. like, yeah. So it would be cool, actually, to see an updated version of this movie. Like how but, they would handle it. Yeah. It wouldn't have the charm, though, of the original. It would. I don't think you could really have the jock. No. And just... The certain roles in kind of the um, Allison girl. Yeah. I could see that kind of causing some <laughs> issues nowadays. Sure. I That was the first time I had ever seen sushi. Like someone yeah. actually eating sushi. Yeah. yeah. I think, and to me that was so funny. Yeah. Because when I watched it, I was like, everybody eats sushi. But back then, it was... Really? Yeah. No one <laughs> sushi in, what was it, 1984? Yeah. <laughs> 84, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Judd Nelson, there's, I think there's always a kind of a punk kid like Judd Nelson. Yeah. Um, the geek, like, so the Anthony Michael Hall character, he's probably not even a geek anymore. He's mm-hmm. just, he'd just be a tech nerd. Yeah. Because um, he's just, he's super smart and just, And you it's know. really not, like, bad anymore. No, not at all. It's not a stigma. So, yeah, it would be really cool to see yeah. kind of how that would happen nowadays if you even could, because everything has to be so, like, politically correct. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The jock would probably be vilified the most. Uh-huh. Like, that type of character. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just fun. And then, of course, the Bassett case. Having uh-huh. Alice Sheedy, she was, she was so good. I think, yeah, great. she was my favorite. Yeah, she was the funniest. <laughs> I know. She just doesn't say anything, and then finally she just lets loose. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, so I think of, I think just of my John Hughes movies, the, mm-hmm. of the... The ones he directed? Directing yeah. and writing. Okay. That's probably my top. Definitely the one he directed. Okay. I think 16 Candles kind of came next. Sure. For me... The main character is named Samantha, so... So it's a natural... Like, oh yeah. my god, I always felt... <laughs> my name's not that that common, so whenever yeah. there was a character with that name, I always it's like... It's perfect. Yeah. It's special, but... Yeah. Okay, so then, which one would you go for writing? So writing, I would... I, I Like I said, I think still... Um, um, the Reckless Club. Okay, that would be But... I was looking through his stuff, and I had, like, a major wave of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Because I did not know he wrote some of these movies yeah. I watched when I was a kid, like, in the early 90s. Uh-huh. Um, like Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven, yeah. and then um, um, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, the, 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 the live-action one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Close. I loved that movie. And I even had, like, computer games. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, the PC game. <laughs> Now you're dating yourself. I know. <laughs> yeah, but I had no clue he wrote 101 Dalmatians, but, and then also Flubber. Yeah, that's you true. That the remake with like, Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a remake? That's a, yeah, so the original is based on the absent-minded professor, 
with Fred oh. McMurray. And so they just called it Flubber. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you want to watch really funny, dated material, uh-huh. like the basketball scenes when they basically put the Flubber in their shoes, Ooh. it's really funny. Yeah. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wow. Really good. Yeah. yeah, I just, I like, I really loved the movie Flubber when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and just Robin Williams hilarious, and... Just it's great, and then knowing that he wrote it now, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that kind of that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. But what else was on here? There's just so many things. Did you have one that you think he wrote that was yeah that so, wasn't your favorite directed? He, uh, that wasn't yeah definitely. So he I did a top ten list. So you're, yeah. As we do the yeah. sequence, I've already said it, but um, the first vacation is one of my all time favorite movies. He wrote that, and that was yeah. based on a short story called Vacation 58. Okay. So that one, and Mr. Mom. I loved Mr. Mom growing up with I'm, Michael Keaton. I've never seen that. Yeah, so it was, it was made in 83. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it, and it's just really funny. It might seem dated now because he's basically, mm-hmm. um, he gets laid off his, his job and yeah, at an uh, auto factory plant. Okay. And then his wife, Terry Garr, basically goes to work, and then he becomes a stay-at-home dad and uh, it's just funny the scenes that like him trying to drop the kids off at school (laughs) or going grocery shopping it's just it's I mean it's still timeless and kind of and really funny and then her having to deal with her like uh, her boss who's like sexually harassing her and everything and so it's just it's interesting like you know back and forth so it's it's a really funny comedy okay um so that's really good um yeah, and of course, like, he wrote Pretty in Pink, he wrote mm-hmm. Some Kind of Wonderful, and I love all those movies, so. Yeah, yeah, Pretty in Pink's another, another good one. Yeah. And I really, the soundtrack and the fashion in so that good. one is so fun. Yeah. So. And Home Alone. Like, yeah, I, I, Home, Home Alone. Alone. It's, yeah. like, hard Both to choose. It's, like, yeah. I, I was kind of trying to think, like, what is, I think, like, today, I think a great movie versus, like, nostalgia. Sure. So I did, that's why I went with The Breakfast Club. Oh, like, totally. It's just yeah. a phenomenal film. Mm-hmm. And then, but everything else is so good, like. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching the vacation movies where there was a marathon this weekend yeah. <laughs> on TV. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> I watched part of the European vacation, and I'm like, oh, it, it's God. sad. It, it's weird because I, I grew up with it, so I'm, I kind of give uh-huh. it a pass. But yeah, it's not it's not nearly as good as the first. Yeah, and um, Christmas, it kind of Christmas is definitely better, mm-hmm. and then it tails off of vaca- Vegas vacation. Even though okay. there's some funny stuff in that, but yeah, that's. That's wrong, good. Yeah, stuck in, stuck in the 80s. Yeah. A bit, but, yeah, good career. I think you died too soon. Yeah, which is really sad, because I, I'm not sure why he stopped directing. Maybe yeah. he just, it got to be too much, but obviously he was a super talented writer, so. Yeah. I can't, why did he stop directing? I don't know. I should I should probably do some research on that. But, hey, other people can do that, too. I'm just giving you my top list here, because... You know, we, this isn't our regular sometimes, job either. <laughs> sometimes it's good to go out with a quality few than, yes. than more than you need. That's right. Like Harper Lee wrote one classic <laughs> book and nothing else. Yeah. So. Well, she did write a new one well, like last year, but... I don't think it was ever meant to be released. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, on that note... <laughs> on that note... <laughs> thank you so much, Samantha. Okay, thanks. All right, after a few weeks off, because she was on vacation, Hi. Enrica is back, <laughs> and we're happy for that. And so thank you. I was glad to introduce her to this subject, because she knew about it, but she didn't really know about it. Yeah, so, so when he said, John Hughes movies, so you want to talk about them, I was like, what is that? <laughs> and that was about 15, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And I, he was like, you'll know when you see the list of movies 
And I looked it up and I was like, what? <laughs> this one guy wrote like all these movies. And yeah. He's like the, and I made the comment, he's like the original Nicholas Sparks. Because <laughs> that's my generation is like all those cheesy romance movies. But this guy, these weren't like cheesy movies. These were like legit. Yeah. Like romantic slash funny slash moving all the yeah and they still above. and they're still popular to they're this still day. popular yeah. they they had lasting power and mm-hmm. staying power they were good movies mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't know he had anything to do with anything yeah that. yeah i mean he was definitely more prolific as a writer i'm not sure why he stopped directing to be honest with you i think maybe um he just yeah. enjoyed the writing process more than directing so yeah that's a good point like i was looking at the ones he directed and he kind of stopped yeah. and then just kept writing which mm-hmm. i guess at a certain point directing is like really physically demanding yeah. and i don't know i think just I, like yeah. stories i feel like it's more fun to just write them yeah and i think from what i remember this may, he he always had to leave his family if right. he had to go direct on site yeah. somewhere so that might have been that might have played into it yeah so. directing is like very demanding yeah so yeah. okay so let's start with directing what was your favorite one that he actually directed of the eight movies yeah. he directed so i looked at the list of eight and the first one was 16 candles and i was trying to remember if i liked it or not mm-hmm. so i feel like that means it wasn't my favorite yeah. <laughs> that makes sense yeah i don't remember which one it is so it's molly ringwald right and her name is samantha which is why samantha likes 16 Aww, candles. Oh, that's cute. Of course, uh, yeah. So it's basically she's turning 16. It's the day of her birthday, and she's in love with Jake Ryan. The, right. The boy. And, yeah. And basically, it's just comedy of errors throughout the whole day. Everyone forgets her birthday. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. this one. He always did those, like, what happens in a day ones. Yes. And I like that. Like the um, Breakfast Club. I like the Breakfast Club, like 16 Candles. And, and those, Ferris Bueller. And okay. that's, I think, yeah. of all the ones, the eight ones he directed, that one's my favorite yeah. one that he directed. Um, it is just really iconic. It is, I know. And it was one of the movies that we always watched, like, on the bus to field trips. Really? It was always just, like, in the van. Uh-huh. And the marching band would go on trips all over, and we always had Ferris Bueller and Place Race and Automobiles. Which he wrote, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And directed, yeah. Yeah, but Ferris Bueller, I... I don't know why I liked it so much. I, I, maybe I associate with like these positive high school memories, mm-hmm. but I think I also love Matthew Broderick. Like yeah. anything he does, I'm in love with. And I, from a directing standpoint, it's like there's a lot of memory, like visual memories that I have from that movie. Yeah, that are clearly just like a director had a vision and made that like with the car and the oh. house and like the car and, driving. And the use of Chicago, yeah, yeah, everything was Chicago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I have those visuals that are kind of like the leather jacket, like yep. all these things that a director would make a decision on that mm-hmm. kind of stuck through this kind of, and made it iconic. Yeah. So from a directing standpoint, I think I like that one the best, okay. just like subjectively. And there was actually re- recently a um, Domino's Pizza commercial that is doing the same thing when Ferris is running home to try to beat his parents. Right, yeah. He's trying to catch the Domino's Pizza man. It, right. It's not, it's not Matthew Broderick, but it's a guy that looks exactly Similar like him. Similar look. And yeah. uh, so we just found out from last week's research, um, actors that were going to play certain roles, that they actually thought about having Johnny Depp play the Ferris No character. way. I don't think it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked, yeah. worked at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but it would have been a much different film. He doesn't seem as lighthearted and like kind of the wink and the smile. That's what I mean yeah. by like it would have been a much. He would have been like a naughty sex icon yeah. if he was. I think that Matthew Broderick brought like that cutesy the guy next door, innocent yeah. boy mm-hmm. next door yeah. 
that made it more of like a funny movie. And it was and it's a great soundtrack too. That's it's one of the best. Yeah. All of those movies yeah. have like some of the best soundtracks. Really well done. Really well curated. And I, as I always tell people, uh, I always because I was young when this came out, so I was probably eight years old, nine years old, and we rented it, and I loved it. And the float where he's lip syncing to Twist and Shout. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, is he singing, Dad? And my dad's looking like shaking his head. Nah, nah, that's, that's a little known band called the Beatles. And like, and uh, the, is oh, he? <laughs> I didn't know. Was, everything seemed real to me, you know, when you were a little kid. So that's but, true. That's yeah. really cute. But that's yeah, a great pick. That's, I think that, that one was my favorite, and yeah. I also circled planes, trains, and automobiles because yeah. he directed that one too. Mm-hmm. And that was only a year later. I didn't realize these all came out like at the same time. He had an amazing run. Like you look, like I think it was like Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club and Weird Pretty Science. And yeah, and all of them at the same time. Yeah, amazing. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Plays Trays and Ampos. That one has like a very different vibe. It does. It's more adult than yeah. anything. Yeah. And I really liked it. Uh, my sister's husband loves it and made us me watch it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. I was like, I don't get why it's funny. Yeah. And then I watched it later and I was like, oh my god. I was laughing the entire time. Oh yeah. It's so funny. It's I really think well kids really like John Candy. Candy's role. But as yeah. you get older, I think you really appreciate Steve Martin more. I love yeah, Steve Martin yeah. in that movie. It's so funny. Oh. He's so funny. And when he loses it on mm-hmm. the rental car lady, who yep. is actually in Ferris Bueller. She's the secretary. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, crazy. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably reused a lot of people. I'll have to rewatch it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one was so funny. Another one of those, like, action-oriented, like... Where the the actual physicality of the movie sticks yeah. in my hand, like the action mm-hmm. and like the, the car burning motion, up. Yeah. And like all of these action sequences as comedy sequences, I feel like we don't see very much anymore. Yeah. He kind of like branded that. Totally. There was Rat Race, which was a similar vibe, yeah. but and know. that was a remake of It's a Mad 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 World. Yeah. 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 So like I feel like that kind of style is kind of. Mm-hmm been taken over by these like really ridiculous like hangover really ridiculous action-oriented comedies which are like so gross to the point where they're not fun to watch (laughs) what's interesting is none of his movies well very few of his movies have been remade it's almost like they're too iconic to remake they might give it 10 years (laughs) oh yeah that's true but they're already doing it with some things but like um yeah i mean i'm actually shocked because usually they they try to remake now yeah they probably will yeah they probably will in like a decade or so. Maybe All right. That. So let's go to the ones that he wrote. What are you, so there are definitely yeah. ones that popped out at you that you were like, oh my God, he wrote this. Yeah. yeah um, All the Home Alones. I yeah. didn't know that he wrote those. I actually, little known fact, never saw the first two. I only saw the third one where it's like winter time. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So I've never seen the third one. I've only seen the really? first two. Really? Yeah. Because I'm a 90s kid, so yeah. I got to like go. My, all the 90s ones are the ones that I have very vivid memories yeah. of. So like the Home Alone 3, I think, is the one where he's like sick. I've never seen the home. third one. Is Macaulay Culkin actually in it? No. It's okay. a different actor. That's why I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, and there is this whole sequence with like sourdough bread, and it takes place in San Francisco. And it was like my first impression of San Francisco and really? sour and sourdough bread. Oh. I didn't know I'm from New York. I had no concept of what it was. I was like, Mom, what's sourdough? <laughs> and and gave me this like wanderer lust for San Francisco. Yeah. When I was like a five, six years old. So when you finally ate sourdough bread, you're like, now I know what it's, yeah, what it's all about. Yeah. Totally threw me back to Home Alone three. <laughs> And I always would watch it when I was homesick. So I felt like this. it makes me feel both sick and nostalgic <laughs> for 
pre-discovery of the bear. <laughs> See, I actually, that's funny you mentioned that. Ferris Bueller was my stay-at-home sick movie. Really? Like, we'd always, I'd always watch that. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So Home Alone 3 <laughs> like, yeah, all came out in 97, so yeah. I was six years old. And well, you, you my birthday that. is tomorrow, so ah, I'll same. be, it'll be, yeah, about that. This will be published the day after. Well, actually, it'll probably be published tomorrow, so. Oh, happy birthday say to happy me. Say happy birthday to Enrica if you get a chance. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I mean, cool. <laughs> um, I also loved Beethoven, which he wrote. I knew somebody would I needed a millennial to uh, to mention Beethoven, which I think was on my list of favorite dog movies. Yeah, I just love, I love big dogs. I love drooly dogs. Mm-hmm. I loved be- it. I cried so hard at Beethoven. Yeah. I don't know why. I must have been like seven or eight years old, <laughs> and just like the dog got me mm-hmm. in my soul. <laughs> and you must have loved Turner Hooch because he was a big slobbery dog. I. Yeah. Cried probably through ninety percent of Turner and Hooch because Tom Hanks makes me cry. Just like he can say anything. Yeah, I love I uh, uh, Tom <laughs> Hanks. I love Tom Hanks so much. Um, but yeah, so Beethoven and then okay. Flubber, and that's purely because of um, Robin Williams. Yeah, Samantha mentioned that one too. Did, you knew that was a remake, right? I did. Okay. I did know that yeah. was a remake, mm-hmm. um, but. I only kind of ever saw the first one and was introduced, the second one, and was introduced to... Through Flubber, yeah. Through Flubber and mm-hmm. Robin Williams. And the whole idea of, like, a scientist, like a mad scientist. Yeah. I always loved those characters because I was super nerdy and into science and mm-hmm. I always liked when the Bears movies that kind of glamorized it a little bit. Yeah. So I really liked Flubber. I loved it. I thought it was funny and the character of the Flubber. Yeah. Like, how do you... Make a character out of a and they do. green goo and yeah. its little voice, and it's just so cute. I, that's one that I'm actually, it, it should have been remade because the originals were in black and white, and Fred yeah. McMurray was the absent minded professor, mm-hmm. and it's just this black, it looked like, you know, tar. Yeah. Um, so I think it really lent itself to being remade. Yeah. So Beethoven, Home Alone 3, mm-hmm. uh, oh, 101 Dalmatians, he yeah, which, produced yeah. and wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, with Glenn the Bulls. live action yeah. version and Hugh Laurie little That's fun true. fact yeah. Hugh Laurie's my favorite part about that movie he's so good in that movie and anything with puppies I mean come on you gotta love and it's funny you went through an animal phase there so, yeah, yeah I mean because they're great to work with action wise I think he liked the action piece probably did yeah you know the action comedy yeah, yeah. and they did such a good job with the remake, the um, 101 Dalmatian yeah. live action version, like the visuals, Glenn could not have picked a better Cruella de Vil. Yeah. Like not in a million years. What about Mel Streep? She I basically played know. her in Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's inspired, but yeah. Devil Wears Prada was a lot more of an aloof. True. And she played like the really intricate emotions of that woman yeah. very well. And I like that Cruella is just evil. Evil. Yeah. Like no, she is. Yeah. And Glenn Close like had the like, maniacal laugh mm-hmm. and the walk and the way she carried herself. And of course, Meryl could do that too. Sure, sure. But like, there was an austerity brought to mm-hmm. it by. Glenn I think people Close. forget about how great Glenn Close is and and was. In they bet they better not. <laughs> if you're listening, you best not be sleeping on Glenn Close. No, I like know. she's incredible. Well, she's definitely like, go back watch the Big Chill. Watch. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Fatal Attraction. Uh, Jagged Edge. Did you ever see Jagged I Edge? I never saw Jagged Edge. That's with uh, uh, Kurt Russell. It's good suspense. Oh, thriller. really? It's based in San Francisco. So. Oh, yeah. I love... I'm, like, really discovering all of these Bay Area movies. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, never thought anything of it. Now, living here, yeah. it means more. It's a lot of fun to watch movies where you've 
Yeah. You've actually lived. Because, yeah. I mean, I lived in Pittsburgh for four years. Yeah. And there are so many movies filmed there because yeah. it's cheap. Mm-hmm. And we give out, like, really good tax breaks for filmmakers. Yeah. And there's literally nobody in Pittsburgh in the summer because it's such a college town mm. that it loses, like, half its population. Mm-hmm. So these film sets would get established just in the city over the summer. And yeah. It was one summer where my fiancé was working in the lab in he said there's batmobiles everywhere because <laughs> they were filming the one with bane i don't know oh yeah um dark knight rises yeah dark yeah. knight rises they filmed in, in pittsburgh that summer oh i didn't know that yeah uh-huh. um and there's like a scene where my apartment is actually like in the background mm-hmm. and it's clearly summer yeah. like it's there's it, they film it at the carnegie carnegie institute which i went to carnegie mellon so it's yeah. part on our campus and it's like the big Pittsburgh pillars, the mm. Carnegie pillars, and it's very—it's a beautiful place, mm-hmm. and it's right across from my old college apartment building. Okay. So, watching that scene, I was like, that's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch people get married there on Sunday mornings and, like, watch out the window with my coffee. It's very college romantic. Yeah. But the funny part of that scene is, like, I was super in tune, like, to looking into the background because that's where my apartment was, and I was like, you can see <laughs> the bright summer sun and, like, the leaves on the trees. Yeah. And then it's, like, snowing. Like, mm-hmm. there was that really bad tension. I didn't like that movie. But I liked watching Pittsburgh in that movie. Did you watch the first Jack Reacher? I did. That yeah. was also in Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. And I only watched that one for Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's actually <laughs> in the very beginning, too. I mean, it's, the, yeah, it's, it's a bad scene. It's a but terrible you, scene. Yeah. And, but, right know. in the stadium. So, yeah. And, yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it so much. And then there's that scene in The Dark Knight Rises. Or There's a scene in which... The Steelers are actually, like, in it. Yeah, they call them whatever the, the Gotham City yeah. Knights are. Uh, and the Steelers yeah. are in it. Yeah. And it's Pittsburgh. It's the, you know, Heinz Field. Yeah. So, did you so ever funny. Did you ever see All the Right Moves? No. That's an old, well, old. It's an 80s Tom Cruise movie where he's, I think, I, I think it's Pittsburgh, but I'm not sure. It's definitely Pennsylvania, and he's he's on a high school. He's a high school football player. Oh, and it's definitely a steel town. Oh, it's probably yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so easy to make movies in Pittsburgh. Oh, totally. I, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't know all these. Was he like a Bay Area guy? No. So John Hughes was based in. So Chicago was his his big, homeland. Yeah. So that's why Ferris and a lot of those. Why did yeah. he make all these like Bay Area movies? I don't think he did. Did he? Like, what other? I'm big? thinking of Home Alone three. Okay. And what's well, like? Home Alone two was in New York, and then Home right, Alone in one. I think. Cities. Yeah, like um, Uncle Buck was in Chicago. A lot of them are mid oh. Midwest, Illinois, like okay. especially the early ones. And then okay, Flubber, 101 Dalmatians, Home Alone three. Those are three that really hit home because I was a kid. Yeah, I was so like was five, six years old. And then lastly, Made in Manhattan. <laughs> He wrote that? Apparently. Wow. I'll be damned. Look. That was one of his last Made in Manhattan, 2002. I'll be damned. I'm a sucker for J-Lo. <laughs> Watch her eat a sandwich. You could, yeah. I love her so much. So, that was my last one that he directed, or that he yeah, wrote. He wrote, yeah. That I liked. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I don't think anyone else would have mentioned that. See, so. but I have the printout. Yeah, <laughs> she did. I had to print it out. Or no, I was not newfangled media tablet <laughs> BS. We have actual tangible paper here. Yeah, so. I need. So I need it, man. Yeah, or I will forget everything. <laughs> As always, thank you, Enrica. Thank you. All right, thanks to everyone that was on the show this week. Two more films that I had that were honorable mentions that didn't make my top ten, but they very well could have. Uh, one, of course, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That was written and directed. 
course, John Candy was kind of a staple in a lot of John Hughes movies. And Steve Martin's so good. They play off each other so well. Really well done film. And then lastly is The Great Outdoors, which was written by Hughes but directed by Howard Deutsch, who I said before, he directed some kind of wonderful and pretty in pink. It's it's fun. It's not It's not quite the best. I mean, it's more... If you have John Candy and you have Dan Aykroyd and you have that dynamic, and that Benning's also in the in the movie, it's fun. It's it's a harmless movie. It probably shouldn't be in the top ten, but it's it's great. Even you know, like John Hughes wrote also Beethoven, but I'm not going to put that on the list. But I'm surprised nobody picked that as one of their favorite animals in our animal episode. Anyway, this was a lot of fun. Like I said before, go back and watch some of these films. They're a lot of fun. And we'll be back next week, but now for the plugs. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and be sure to tune in next week for an all-new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. <laughs>